Hello, hello. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. I'm feeling extra jazzy today. Taylor, how are you doing? I'm, do I'm, I'm picking up on your vibes here. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay. Is that what we're doing? Brianna's entering the chat. Hello. Yeah. Well, I'm excited because, well, for many reasons, but we're continuing the 21 skills that will pay you forever. So if you haven't listened to the, you know, the first one through 11, definitely check that out because this are, first of all, I feel like every single one of these is like a broke to boss tip, yep. but naturally, I mean, we, we always have tailors and we always enjoy that, but this is just like life lessons, but this is, you know, essentially, of course, we relate it to recruiting because we are recruiters, right? We are yep. in the recruiting field, but um, yeah, t t talk to me about this. Welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. When it comes to working hard and keeping it real, we know our shit. Self-care, happiness, inner peace, and time. I'm Brianna Rooney, and this is Taylor Bradley. Hey, y'all. And we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form. So, Taylor, what are we doing here today? We're here to give you a raw, under-the-hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long, underrated industry that's full of, quote-unquote, experts. All right. Well, then let's take this show to the road. Yeah, to your point, these are like life lessons at any age, hence the title 21 skills that will pay you forever. So whether you're a recent college graduate need to learn these skills or, you know, you're 20, 30 years into your career, I think, well, we talk about it in the skills, have some self-awareness, but really recognizing like, okay, this is going to help me out for the entire duration of my career, no matter what industry I'm in, vertical, age, whatever. So getting right into where we left off, um, starting with number 12, ability to keep trying even after failure. That's a big one. We, we just met with Cheryl yesterday. And so whenever mm -hmm. I saw this today, I was like, um, you know, your relationship with failure per what she said yesterday is a really interesting thing. Like how, how do you approach failure? What is your relationship with it? What is your perception of it? So I think that there's people that obviously, you know, experience what they deem as failure and let it sink them. And then there's people that it motivates them to move forward. Yep. Uh, failure and I are best buddies. We are besties. <laughs> and check out the fall episode if you haven't. <laughs> no. I'm right there with uh, yeah. you though. In that fall, I'm right there with you. So I want you to know that I'm not I'm not knocking it. But I do you have a unique perspective of failure that most people don't have. And yeah. it's a positive thing. Uh, yeah, for me, failure is the fastest way to to learn something. So it's yeah. like I almost want to fail, like because I'm like, wait, I have to fail. I haven't fallen yet. I have to. And if I don't, then it makes me almost uncomfortable. Like if something, and, and this is where we differ a little bit. If, if I, if we launched something and we didn't have like missteps or uh, oopsie poopsies is what I like to call it, <laughs> then I'm like kind of upset. I'm like, oh, we didn't, then we didn't give it our all or, or, or we, or we launched too late. Mm. Um, that, that's, that's my thought process on that. But yeah, I love me some failure. And then I'm over here like, let's try to be perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. I see what you did there. Um, ability to invest money on your own. I think that's really powerful that we talk about in our, our meetings internally and stuff too. Like, what are some things you wish you could tell yourself as a kid? I know we've talked about it in the podcast or go back and tell yourself. And I think it's just also a very different time and a different theme now. Invest, invest, invest. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think investing money early on, important. I think that kind of goes without saying Try to make your money work for you. Anything Ooh. to add there? Ooh, I actually like that. I'm, I'm like envisioning like this $100 bill, like working out next to me, like 80 style. I don't want theory. <laughs> I don't want theory. Um, yeah. So like, um, I know my dad, I, I'm wondering what, what you did as a kid, but uh, my dad used to trade commodities. 
And so he made me like this fake commodity account. And like very soon, like as I'm like watching my fake money grow, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't really fun. Can we like put real money in this? You know, and um, and right now I'm having Diego do it's called Go Henry, and he has this account and a debit card, and it gives him money for above and beyond chores because I don't agree with just the normal stuff they're supposed to do, giving the money for that. But um, and then he sees interest, and for every um every like I guess a module or lesson or video he watches and there's like a little quiz to it about money and about investing and I'm like where was this when we were younger or even right now it's like we have to educate ourselves in this and to me I also think investing money just in general but investing in yourself is how I relate to that as well oh I agree with that completely too and I I actually wrote down go Henry because I'm like I've never heard of this but this is Let's do what they're not doing in school these days. And I'm not knocking schools. They have a certain curriculum they've had to stick to. But I think I do think that by the time that our kids are in high school, we'll probably see the course material looking a little bit different as far as setting them up for for life. Yeah, I know we can all every parent is out there like that's the hill I'll die on. Yeah. Uh, Okay. so number 14, ability to do things irrespective of situation. So I'm not going to talk. I'm going to let you speak on that one first. Well, can you repeat that? I feel like I'm a little confused on that one. So ability to do things irrespective of situation. Oh, God, that one's a little bit deep. Okay, so are we talking like we need to make sure that we act accordingly? It doesn't matter what the situation is? Yes. Okay. Oh, I like that. So I guess immediately I think of like morals and integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, you know, naturally, like obviously recruiting doesn't have a lot of standards when it comes to that. <laughs> hey, 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 no. Well, I mean, it, it, we just have such a, a bad name and that's, you know, why, why, why we exist. Right. But, um, yeah, I think it's just like, you know, the way that you're supposed to do things and you have to like stand strong always. And so therefore it's like, it didn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter if someone ran the red light, you know? And it's like, you have to still pause and like watch out for everybody, even though you know that it's your turn to go. Like it's green, it's your turn to grow, but you have to still pay attention to everybody else. And you can't, I guess you can't get mad at that person that just ran the red light. Of course you can cuss and scream and all those things, but the bottom line is you always have to be careful and you always have to be, have to pivot. That's where my mind is. I like that. I like exactly. I like your interpretation of that. I think I more see it as like, you're gonna have to do a lot of shit in your life that you don't want to do. And you don't like to do. And it's like your ability to do things regardless of this, like, I can't stand my boss, but you still have a job to do. You know what I mean? So your ability to still execute on things that you may not want to do, or may have a negative connotation or association with it in your mind because of previous experience or whatever, doing shit that you don't want to do or you don't like to do, I think is a good life lesson for anybody. Oh, that's a great life lesson. Can you, let's replace it with that. Okay. (laughs) Do shit you don't like to do. That's number, that's at number 14 (laughs) or 15. It's going to be a requirement in life at some point. Um, Ability to self-analyze. Yeah, I think every all of our listeners probably have heard as much as we've talked about that, you know, your ability, self-awareness, self-analysis. I think even the people that we think do it the best probably still think that they have something that they need to work on with regards to that, like self-analysis, where they have those moments. I think even the people that pride themselves, myself included, on being self-aware, sometimes I'm still not, you know, and then I'll take somebody pointing it out to me, about, you know, uh, your husband, your friend or whatever. And you're like, 
oh, wow, I wasn't self-aware in that moment. Or maybe I thought I was being really self-aware and I actually, what I thought I was doing or saying or how I was coming off, it was exactly the opposite. So I think self-analysis is important, but also being receptive to the way that others analyze you. I love that because it's really hard to take feedback. It you is. know, especially if you're like, oh, I nailed that. And someone's like, well, you could have really done this better. But it takes a very strong person to just be like, I can handle this. It's okay. Everything's okay. This is a learning moment for me. Yeah. But you really do have to repeat it in your head. And, um, you know, Taylor, what you were talking about earlier is Cheryl. So um, anyone that's first listening today, uh, Cheryl is our exec coach and uh, talent coach turned two. Yay. And she, we, we always like to have uh, just motivational speakers in general, but this one was about goals. And again, it's like the self-awareness on, on where you're going. But she said something very powerful, which was you can't keep beating yourself up. So even if there's this lesson to be learned, you're still kind of rephrasing it in your mind. Like, oh man, I just, I just fucked up. No, I actually just learned something. And that was X, Y, Z, you know? And so, but, but that self-analysis is really, really difficult. And I think that that's one of my favorite things on this list is to talk about one. Well, and so I'm going to take it to another layer. And I know what you're going to say that, oh, this should be a whole nother podcast episode. But when she said that yesterday, I was like, and she was like, you know, how you talk to yourself matters. And I was thinking to myself, I would never speak to people sometimes the way that I speak to myself oh, in my head. Chills. Like, Love I that. would never say that this out loud to someone. I would never. So I thought that was really interesting that it's like, and, um, you know, sharing that with people close to me yesterday, because I, I really took a lot out of Cheryl's session. I thought about it, evaluated, wanted to share it with everybody else, very much like Kevin's episode. And I was like, that, that right there, just like. I need to share that with everybody because I know I do that and people don't always know how somebody else talks to themselves in their head, obviously, because no one mm -hmm. lives in someone's head, but you could have somebody that seemingly on the outside is confident. You have no idea what kind of conversations they have with themselves in their head. Yeah, so, no, I, yeah. I, I love it. And that's why I take to heart when you're supposed to have affirmations and like mm -hmm. today's going to be a good day, why they tell you to look at yourself in the mirror while you're saying it because you're combating all of the other bad shit that's going on in your head. Um, and then I, I, as we were talking as a team yesterday about like how powerful that was, I was also brought up the thing, yeah, we're actually such assholes, not only to ourselves, but to the people closest to us. Yet we would never treat a stranger like that, ever. We would never say those things. So true. You know, but yet we feel comfortable just walking all over ourselves and, and closest to us. And it's, ah, oh, why do we do that? <laughs> yeah. And you de you're like, well, I love this person. or I love myself. So you deem it acceptable in your mind somehow. And it's still not. Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's more of like the unconditional love. And they're like, it doesn't matter what I say or do because they're always going to love me. But that's, that's when you get, that's when it gets hairy. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, ability to learn how to learn. And why I liked this one is like, you are taught a way to learn in school, right? And you're kind of taught there's one way to learn. This is how everybody should do this. This is how everybody should study for a test. But I think as you continue to grow older, teaching yourself how you like to learn, what, how you retain information, um, and that's kind of an ongoing continuous thing in my mind, you know? Like I learned yeah. a lot from Cheryl yesterday and even ways that I need to learn more about myself. So I learned yesterday steps I need to take to learn more about myself more intimately, which sounds crazy because it's like, and inappropriate. Um, but <laughs> it's not, it's just like, how I sometimes I'm like, Oh my gosh, I think I know myself so well. And then she, you know, asked these thought provoking questions. And it's like, wait, 
I actually don't really know shit with regards to myself or my, that's a box I haven't, or a door I haven't opened, a box I haven't opened and haven't explored. Mm -hmm. But if I did, you know, learning about yourself. Thoughts? So funny enough, just yesterday, Lima, my daughter, she um, goes, I have a really bad memory. I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, sometimes I can remember things for a really long time, but others, I just completely forget the moment it happens. And I was like, so I was intrigued. So I was like, look, girl, like I've got memory issues, but I'm older. So, so this is not okay right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, well, uh, lots of times when the teacher's talking, because this is now a thing, they have um, a giant TV in their classroom, which also has like just videos and like as she's talking and like they can see visually which i was like oh it's really cool they're trying to hit all types of different learning well my girl she only wants to watch tv or any kind of like any kind of a um, screen screen time is like her thing you know like yeah. she beg yeah. beg and plead for it so she's not she admitted she doesn't listen to her teacher whenever the screen's up and i was like oh okay so you're actually not learning in school when you're supposed to so so it was just really interesting to think at, at she's five years old and she already knows that if the screen is on, she's not listening. She's not absorbing. That is interesting. But isn't there like data around that that says that most people do do that? Like, yeah, but that, but but it's in school. Like, that's that's what I'm, I'm okay, saying. It's like, <laughs> Mind it's blown. like, yeah, yeah. It's like, wait, you're right. There's tons of data. But it I, I also I think it goes to like the type of just learner you are. You know, and how you actually absorb versus listening is like two completely different things. So talk about a life lesson. So did you feel like or does she feel like she's absorbing the content that is coming up on the screen or is it yes. just you're kind of watching? Interesting. Yeah. So she's like, whatever's on the screen is what she remembers. Whatever her teacher said, she does not. That's that's really interesting to me because I feel like I'm the opposite. And I feel like both my kids, I have one that's like Lima and then one's the opposite where it's like screen time is it screen time over everything. And then me, I read things. That's how I remember. I don't, I could see something on a screen and not really remember it like a commercial or something. But if I read an ad, I'm more likely to remember that than to see it on the TV. Mm -hmm. And again, I have one of each with my kids. So yeah, it's really interesting. It's interesting. They do that in school with a massive yeah. screen, massive TV. Yeah. Um, ability to understand what others feel. <sighs> That's an episode. <laughs> yeah. Empathy. <laughs> That's called empathy. Um, yeah. I think ability to understand and relate are probably two different things. So maybe that's why this kind of breaks it out. Ability to understand and ability to relate. Like, you know, we talk about putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's the more of the relating part. But I think the ability to understand what others feel. And like the psychology behind walking yourself through a, that situation. I can only imagine how that person feels. Not how I would feel, but I can imagine how that felt for you. Yeah. So that goes to what we say a lot is feelings are not facts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, so it is really difficult because especially if you're more of a factual black and white person and you don't have any gray inside, it's like, then it's really difficult to understand how someone feels. But on the other side, if the person can't articulate how they feel, how are you supposed to understand? Or if they never tell you at all, that's like its own separate thing. So it's like, you could go down a rabbit hole as to like, whose fault is it if someone doesn't understand the situation, you know? Mm -hmm. I think about that with like husband and wives all the time where it's like the wife will, you you hear about it, like the wife will create a whole narrative in her head of a story, of the, the way something happened, the husband's over here like, there's memes about it. He's like, I'm just looking at football, you know, like on my phone. Like it's like, it's so not a thing. And then 
the women are over here creating this entire narrative of what happened. And it's like, wait, but that's not even a thing that actually didn't happen. So I think we can go down a million rabbit holes about that, about the communication piece and making assumptions (laughs) about all of that. Um, Ability to remain consistent. I feel like that's a big, just anybody needs that skill, whether it's regards to your eating, your workouts, your, um, your work, your relation, whatever it is, remaining consistent. That's a, that's all of these are good life skills, but that one's a big one. I feel like. So I'm going to battle you on this one because if you're consistent on everything you do, don't you become stagnant? Totally. I think I, I, I see where you're going with that. I'm just mean, I think I'm thinking more show up, consistently show up, like don't have the highs and the lows. Like if you're on a diet or a workout plan, consistency, sticking to whatever it is that you committed to doing, I guess, is more how I interpret that. So like being consistent in whatever your commitments are, sticking to it. But yes, I agree with what you're saying that if it's just like this, Mm -hmm. then yeah, you do get kind of stagnant. But maybe we're talking more about, uh, you know, relationships or friendships or whatever, just being consistent, consistently showing up, consistently being X person Mm -hmm. at work, whatever it is. Um, I do think that there are positives to being consistent, but um, yeah, you definitely can get stagnant. Ooh, ability. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say the highs and the lows, right? When you said highs and lows, I'm like, well, that's what recruiting is. It's like highs and lows. And so lots of times we have to battle, especially in contingency agency life, is you have to battle a fat cat syndrome. But I think fat cat syndrome can be everywhere. And I and, and by the way, anyone hasn't heard that before. It's just essentially when you're like on this role and you're consistently and over um, hitting your KPIs, you're closing a lot more roles than people even expected you to, something along those lines. And then all of a sudden you coast because you just killed it. So you're like, oh, I can coast for a little bit, yeah. but not realizing like how everything impacts the future, mm-hmm. you know? And But I think you could probably think about that in any role, really, not just in recruiting. Very true. Very true. Number 19, ability to master your thoughts. That goes back to just what we were talking about at the beginning yeah. of this. You know, how you speak to yourself is really important and how you speak to yourself becomes your beliefs about yourself. Yes. That, that nugget was so great the other day. Um, oh, I, I'm already tangenting in my mind. <laughs> my mind's already going, oh! go, go for it. They're used to it. <laughs> Well, just like, um, again, like words are powerful, words matter. And I think what hit me the other day was like, how powerful they are internally, Mm -hmm. as well, which again, this is what we we spoke to earlier. But yeah, just words are powerful in general, like, just take it so seriously, like what you say is, is hopefully what you mean. Well, and even the way that Cheryl worded it about not reframing things in a more positive way, like instead of saying, I've got to stop talking shit to myself or whatever. Cheryl didn't say that. That's my version, but she's like, but even (laughs) like wording that, like it would be, and I could go back and look at my notes, but instead of saying, I've got to stop doing something saying like, I think I would feel better or my mentality would be better, or it'd be great if I did X versus like, Mm -hmm. I've got to stop doing Y it'd be great if I did X, just like even reframing the way that you're speaking to yourself um, and mastering your own thoughts about yourself in from a positive or a negative way into a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize like some of that is negative. I would have thought saying, you know, you've got to stop doing X or spending so much time on this. Or if it's a negative thing, I would have thought that that's actually like, okay, that's a positive. I'm looking inward. That's me positively. Like I'm recognizing I need to stop doing this negative thing. So I would have thought that was a positive, but my mind's 100%. 
hundred percent. I thought it was being self-aware to tell yes. me to stop do, doing something. And so that's really going to take a, a, a conscious mind switch to do that. Uh, but she, she used, um, healthier, like, Hey, like I got to stop eating crap. Yes. Like, so for me, I'm thinking I got to stop having dessert at night. Like, you know, shame on you, Brianna. That's, and I'm thinking I'm doing well by myself, but, and she was like, no, I feel better when I put healthier versions of food in, inside my body. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a mind switch. That's you articulate way better than I did, but the, yeah, it's like, we didn't even realize those were negative thoughts, but it's like, yeah, that is true. hundred percent. Um, okay. Number 20 ability to write words to persuade and influence others. This, this one I don't have. And I think is such a, un I'm fascinated with people that can write really well and intelligently and influence in writing without ever talking to you, meeting you, seeing you, nothing. They can influence you with their words. I think that's a really powerful skill. Agreed. Agreed. Um, sometimes I write, I type out or write, I don't know why I'm saying type out because <laughs> I'm like thinking of my fingers moving. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, sometimes I almost type too much as I speak. So then it's not like, and again, I'm not always still having proper English, <laughs> you know? You, um, so what? I, I know, right? Uh, so I get in trouble with that, which is, you know, uh, thank you, Grammarly. Uh, that's definitely an extension on there. If you guys do not have Grammarly, please get it for sure. Life changer. Um, it can, yeah. Uh, Literally, that should be in this in this skill in this list here. But um, yeah, it's just so important to be able to like not have a conversation and to sell someone. And again, I think of it whenever I hear persuade, I hear sell, convince. In writing, you know, is the key. And, though. Yeah, that's the like, without someone ever getting to know you as a person, see you to be like, oh, she's hot. I'm gonna buy shit from her. You know what I mean? It's like. Mm -hmm. I think that is such a unique skill and those that have it hats off to you and those that, like myself that need to work on that. If anybody has any tips or tricks or apps or knows of anything, send them our way. Cause I think that's one that I personally probably need to work on. I'm sure other people do. Cause I feel like you either got it or you don't. And yeah, then you can work I'm, on it. I'm writing that down. Persuade via writing. Yeah. And then number 21 ability to ask for help, which ties beautifully into my broke to boss tip and i just want the, the listeners to know that i did that complete completely unintentional i didn't realize that that was going to be the last one when i was thinking about okay what what's going to be my broke to boss tip and it also you'll recognize this it's based on um our meeting with cheryl and all the great nuggets she shared with us but the broke to boss tip for this part two of 21 skills that will pay you forever is personal growth is your responsibility but it's okay to seek outside help hundred percent, a hundred percent. So for me, and I don't know if we spoke about this before, the word help triggers me in a negative, a negative way. Now, when someone asks me for help, I'm all for it. But for some reason, I can't say, Hey, can you help me? Like, it makes me feel like I can't do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And it makes me feel small. Yeah. Which so is ridiculous, which is good. I, was gonna say, I don't think it's ridiculous because I really I feel exactly the same way you do, but didn't realize it till you just said that. And I'm like, maybe that's where we need to reframe our words to say instead of ability to ask for help, ability to ask for support. Maybe that's what makes it more positive for you and I. 100%. So I've actually had a conversation with my mom about this because I realized she's very similar. And I said, Mom, we're going to change our word and I'm going to say, can I assist you? 
for some reason, assisting me means we're teaming up and we're both equals. Mm-hmm. Helping to me means we're not equal. Mm-hmm. And I have a big time trouble with that. So, yeah. but I like the support. Can you support me? Yep. Liking it. I'm using it. All right, guys. Well, thank you always as listening. This is our part two of 21 skills that will pay you forever. Brianna, any last words? They got my broke to boss. You want to leave them with anything? No, I was just thinking, wait, it's over? Why are you ending this? Oh, we got some more. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. no th- thank you all so much. We have seen our reviews go up. So definitely give us a shout out. You love us, support us, um, and spread the word because Talent Takeover Unfiltered is taking over the world. Let's fucking go. Bye, guys. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>